Are business taxes an end of the year issue or an all year issue? We're talking about that and more today on Cashflow. Hi, I'm Jason Waters with JW Financial Group, and welcome to Cashflow, where we talk about how your business can make money, keep money, and keep the cash flow going. Today with us, we have John Levy, who started a very successful company and then ultimately sold it to a public company, and who used to be an accountant uh, for other firms. So you went from the accounting side of the business to operating side of the business, starting your own company, ultimately doing what everybody wants to do is uh, figure out the way to make some money and, and exit at one point. So I was an accountant and I graduated with an accounting degree from the University of Connecticut way back in the day and spent some time in the technology industry. And I had a friend in that industry who told me about a business where he sold rocks and dirt. Didn't ended up helping him out a little bit and once I got into the industry and learned how to drive a forklift and um, started enjoying a little bit of that outdoor air, I realized that uh, selling rocks and dirt was something I wanted to do. So, and that eventually led to me starting a company called Stone Forest Materials. And of course, that was when I also met you and became involved um, in your world. And you helped me out many times along the way um, as a friend and also, of course, as a commercial banker. And um, through many trials and tribulations over 15 years and ups and downs and going through the, um, the recession, and financial collapse, we were able to eventually get to a point where we had a thriving business and um, fortunately we were able to to sell it to, like you mentioned, a public company. So you had the financial collapse and you also had a drought, which was also a big deal. Yeah, not many people remember business. in 2007, um, before the housing market fell apart and the financial collapse after that, um, Atlanta was in the midst of what they called a level four drought. So, and being in the landscape materials industry, that affected our business tremendously. And of course, Pike Nursery is an Atlanta institution. And, um, and at that same point, you know, they went, they went bankrupt. So just to, you know, put an exclamation point on the severity of the situation leading up to, you know, what affected everybody, at least in our industry, we, you know, we were greatly, um, greatly affected by, by yeah. the drought. There. So to reframe it's your- funny that you remember that. I so. do. <laughs> reframe your background. You're from accountant, technology, hardscape materials to ultimately uh, surviving a drought, surviving a economic downturn to ultimately it's hard to sum it up in a that's few amazing. minutes, but that's, you know, that's amazing yes, that's, story. You know, that's the, that's, that's the story. Okay. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's <laughs> dive into some questions if we can. We're opening a new business. What position should I hire first? That is a great question. I want to defer to John on this because you have lived this for a long time. So to handle the things that you know you need to do to start a business, which is an incredibly long checklist of information, right, of, 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 of items, of tasks. So you look at those li that list and you say, well, I can, you know, my expertise in this business, I might be able to, to do all these things here. But then I recognize that I'm deficient in a whole bunch of other areas. So I'm really, you know, it's not a cut and dry answer because, you know, depending on what I'm, as an accountant and a background in accounting, you know, there's certain things that I'm best suited for. And then I look at that bigger picture, the bigger whole and say, all right, well, 
you know, I, I need help in, in these specific areas. And in, in, in my own instance, um, you know, not only were we building a business from the ground up and all the things that you have to do from the standard getting your business license and business plan together and financing and all that, but we were also managing a construction project. We were doing our own construction. So, um, and that was an area that I certainly didn't have any expertise in at all. Sure. Um, that's why we had a motto early on that said, we do it right because we do it twice. You know, that was not anything you really wanted <laughs> right. to be known for. Um, but but that but that's my point. But, you know, I fell back at first, like I said, with admin and operations because, you know, those are the things that you really have to, to nail, in my opinion, coming out of the gate. If you're not well set up with a good foundation early on, you know, you're going to struggle later because of that. Right. So, you know, sometimes we call it doing the dishes or doing your, your laundry, just making sure your chores are done kind of thing. So if you're well organized you know, it enables you to go and do all those things and execute the plan as best you, you possibly can. Sure. So. Yeah, I think you're exactly right on figuring out, everyone has to have self-awareness, especially entrepreneurs, about what they're really <laughs> good at and what they're not good at. And don't try to be good at what you're not good at. You need to find it's the right person. It's funny that you said, because that's such a good word to use, is self-awareness, because we're all deluded a little bit anyway in sure. terms of starting a business, and you have to have a little bit of a crazy gene in you to begin with, but to be able to look in the mirror and see and say to yourself, you know, hey, I know I can do this and I know I need help here is really the first step, you know, when yeah. you're thinking to the next step, which is who am I going to get to bring in here? Right. And I'd say you're, you're an anomaly because uh, most folks that start a business, they don't necessarily have the accounting piece. So they almost always have to get someone to do their books or else they try to do it themselves and they it ends up being a mess, and then we come in and clean it up. But so, you've seen that so many times, exactly. Exactly, and then we and then it's on the right track, and like, oh, I didn't realize life right. could be so good. Right. Um, but you know, it's usually operations or business development was where people yeah. come from, and so you got to figure out. Well, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to have sales. I'm going to have sure. to bring in, you know, I'm going to have to bring in revenue in order to start building and and to survive. But like I said, you need to have the pieces in place before that so you can operate in an efficient manner and be as productive as possible and not you know, do what so many people are prone to do, which is scramble all day. I'm interested in selling my company, but I'm not sure how to calculate its worth. Can you help? You want to sell your company. You don't know what it's worth. Well, it's worth what somebody is actually willing to pay for it. So, so many entrepreneurs I see overvalue what their company is because it's worth more to them because it's their baby. So really, you know, we would take take an approach of what, and, and first of all, the value is always driven by cash flow. There could be tangible assets that things are worth, but it's really driven by the buyer wants to know how much money they're going to make and how much money are they going to make when they're not, when your uh, sister's cousin's not working there anymore and they're not paying, you know, um, all those other expenses are gone and so, or you know, what's it like when they actually have the revenue that they should have? So there's a lot of pieces to that, but ultimately it really comes down, the worth comes to cash flow. And so we start with figuring out exactly what is that and how do we, um, and then working with the business owner to say, how do we maximize it? Because what you want is to maximize your cash flow. So John, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, you already hit the nail on the head when you said it's worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. So <laughs> if you don't have a buyer, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, but if you actually look at some of the formulas used to calculate the worth of a business, and like you said too, it's cash flow. And you know, in our case, it's, it's EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, EBIT. Um, and then a multiple of that, which is just, it's common that that's how yeah. you know, a business, and every across many different. industries, but yeah. yeah. And sometimes if it's a real hot industry, 
um, you never know. I mean, it could be a value, um, which is a multiple of revenue. Sure. Um, but but usually it's really what the business is producing cash flow wise and some kind of factor of, of that. What can I do as a small business owner to better prepare for the tax season? So first of all, um, I would say there's no such thing as a tax season. There's a tax season for CPAs in, in which they have to process uh, process the taxes. But in reality, what you should always be doing is what is good for your operations and what is good for your taxes and balancing those two things. Example, I've seen people go buy equipment that they don't need to try to lower their taxes. If you're not going to make money on it, it's not the best idea in the world. So I would say you proactively are always having the conversation with your CPA, with your financial advisor. Um, what do I? What is the ultimate impact, or what do I look like going into next year? And there are things I need to do now to be prepared for the future. If you're if you're having an advisor that is not willing or doesn't make time to have those conversations, you need a new advisor. And I see that a lot as well. Not from just what we do, but from some CPAs out there. There are great CPAs, and there's some CPAs that just take the information you give to them and put it together and spit it back out and say this is what you owe. So I, if they're not, if you, you need to work with people that are consultative and forward thinking. That's my advice on that. Uh, John, you, you being an accountant and business owner, what's your take? For the actual small business owner themselves on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis, uh, it goes back to what I was talking about before, which is just being really organized. You know, mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do when deadlines are approaching is have to scramble to, you know, to get information together and and um, and then hope it hope hope that it's right. So, being able to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve there. Um, makes things go a lot smoother, you know, when when the time actually comes. Because we all know we dread that as small business owners, you know, there's there's a lot of things on that big checklist that you have to do every month and every year and every week, and and tax season is is of course one of the big ones. And it's easy just to file an extension and put it off until October, and and and, and that's fine too. Um, but my point being is that you know don't let it build up. Because when you let those things build up, they tend to become, you know, three-headed monsters. Um, sure. So slay the monster early. <laughs> right. So I get this question a lot, and I answered it some, but I like your take. What do you? What's your take on if someone says, "Hey, I need, I want to buy this equipment this year because I'm trying to lower my taxes." Well, it's everything is, you know, is is, is a buy versus. I mean, do you need it? Equate. Right. You know? I mean, of course. I do a spreadsheet, <laughs> calculate everything out, and try to determine if the outlays are worth, you know, the yeah. perceived benefit and what my return on investment is going to be. And those type of calculations are, are pretty simple. Am I replacing equipment? You know, um, you know, is it going to allow us to generate more revenue? Is it going to reduce our cost? Because you know, if you look at the graph of owning a piece of equipment, um, it doesn't matter if it's a small piece of equipment like a computer printer, if it's a big truck like we had you know, big trucks, you know, over the lifespan of that, um, over the life, useful life of, of that, you know, that asset, um, the value of that asset is going to de- decline. Uh, and at the same time, the amount of time and effort you're going to spend, you know, um, money-wise to maintain and repair that asset is going to go up. So that all just factors into, you know, making that decision is, do I really need something new? You know, right. do I have a piece of equipment that I'm replacing right now that I've had some significant repairs on and the likelihood of those repairs, you know, um, continuing is pretty high. So never am I just going to think, hey, I can save some money on my taxes by buying something new. I'm going to put it into, you know, into the equation and try to see what makes the most sense. 
but will I time it or have I in the past timed it so that it did happen near the end of the year? Sure. I mean, that's part of the whole yeah. equation as well. So. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us on Cashflow. If you have any Cashflow questions, use hashtag Cashflow and find us on social media. Until next time.